Welcome back to Australian Survivor Talking Tribal. I'm Survivor expert Shannon Gus here with Brooke Jowett and Khan Ong, Survivor players who are definitely my mentors, not my pawns. <laughs> the King survived another week, but he had to work for it. Check this out. Well, I was very intrigued that George flipped on you, Jared, and then tried to cover his tracks. Like, I think my gut thinks it was like all kind of part of the plan in the first place. Yeah. Well, he, he's just shot himself before. I'm on the bottom, yeah. Nina's on the bottom. You've been left out of that, you're on the bottom. I mean, this is an amazing opportunity to someone just there. <laughs> Little crab. Yeah, that's a George move from the outback mm -hmm. where he would hide in the grass like a snake. <laughs> what do we think? Is that a good way to, to handle isolation? I don't understand how people don't hear that because I feel like uh, yeah. they couldn't sneak around each other at all. Do you think George could, was close enough to hear anything then? Probably. Why not? I because don't I don't think he was actually that close. Oh my gosh. No, I mean, what did we think of the isolation pen in general? We've never seen a twist like this ever. So is it something that you enjoy? I love it. Like little piggies in I a pen. It. I hate it. I, I feel like, like it. I feel like, but imagine if you were in there, you'd just be sitting there and be like, is someone going to feed me? I know, but it's a little bit better than exile. Like you can actually get fed properly. Like exile, you'd have to work from scratch. Oh, but I feel like, as though if, I, if we're in that pen, like, Pen. Like, they're literally farm animals. I, I feel as though, like, if, if you can watch people strategizing and, like, mm -hmm. having fun or doing whatever together, I think that hurts so much more than being mm. heaps far away, not knowing anything, just being like, yep, this is my life now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think that they want them to, to see it because it, like, really demarcated, like, you were left out of the vote, mm -hmm. which was, I think, unfortunate for George. I mean, obviously, we see George going, like, all out social taking the chair in the middle of the night. Trying like, so But, like, there's no way they, like, they choose if you, they feed you. Firstly, any human beings are going to feed them, right? Yes. Like, bring them water. I okay, mean, I'm unless really it's, like, the... said that, because I felt like you weren't going to. No, <laughs> why? She <laughs> would feed us. Yes, no. She would not. I would feed them for one, one reason. They're players you want to work with. <laughs> and they're jurors one day. Like, that's, that's true. Better. They're that's either true. one of those two things. So why, what person? And anyway, anyway, come on. What if it was someone that, like, completely stabbed you in the back and no, did the worst thing? No, I mean, thing? sure, of course. Would you yeah. let them starve? No! I think I maybe I would. What? Really? I know, it's so unlike me. It goes against my But nature. if it was someone that was really, really nasty to me, maybe just give them a few grains of rice. <laughs> you work for your rice. <laughs> work for this. Yeah. So obviously this was not great for George and Jerry, mm -hmm. and I was kind of confused. I'm like, is Jerry really trying to flip? Because he talks to us about it in confessionals, so usually people are pretty truthful in their yep. confessionals. I was like, is Matt bringing him back? Is that bond with George that we see at Tribal Council putting him on the right path? Like, did you think Jerry was out the door here? I did. Yeah, same. I felt like I would have been really annoyed as Jerry because mm -hmm. I wouldn't believe what anyone was telling me. I would just believe that, well, there was a vote put on me mm -hmm. and it definitely came from George or, like, from, like the idea came from George. So I, I would have been so annoyed by this. Yeah, it is hard because Jerry should know, like, he was never really in trouble. He was the third split... He knew that he was splitting on Nina, like he should have known that there, there was no chance mm. he was going to go. But I think what it does illustrate is that George is the one, as we've known, mm -hmm. planting the seeds, moving the pieces around, doing everything at his will, which at this point was to turn everyone against each other. Mm. So that would be a little bit unfortunate. But I feel like Matt was probably quite crucial here. Like after being the one last week who really wanted to turn, it felt like he and George were on the same page yeah. more this time. So I don't know if it was Matt that brought him back, but I think we do see that George and Jerry when they get back on the same page, have, like, such an important, like, genuine relationship that I think could be very, very key to George. I just feel like there was such a big change from, like, the way Jerry was speaking when he was in the pen to how he was at Tribal Council. Mm. I don't know what we missed or if, if we missed anything at all or if he, maybe he was just playing Nina, but it did really seem like Jerry was going yeah. to potentially flip on George. Yeah. Whereas at Tribal, he just starts vomiting all this praise to George. I just... And I'm like... What's happening? I, <laughs> I, I think what it is, is he's more annoyed at Simon. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, it's like bigger he's more, enemies. Yeah, like he's more pissed off about what Simon says about him than what George did to him, which I think is kind of weird, but I, I feel like that's how he feels. Yeah, I mean, Jerry's very, very frank, which is very enjoyable to me. Like, I, I really understand him as a character, and I mm. think that it's, it's really fun. I do think that there's part of that with Simon, and it's so ironic that mm. it would... I don't know if it was going to happen anyway, but definitely the way it was painted to us that, like, Simon would stick his foot in it to send himself home or to contribute to that is definitely, like, a fun thing for his narrative. But I do agree. I think that it's, like, you're against George, but then now you're on the same team against Simon. So now we're yeah. on the same page, and I think that that is crucial and crucial to the entire week. 
Later, I think when George is going to vote out Nina over Matt, he's like, I want Jerry to be happy. He needs to show Jerry that he's mm. also mm. calling the shots. So that's a very important relationship because if you're trying to get through to a final two and you're not really going to win a challenge and you have a huge target on your back, the thing that has helped people the most is loyalty, relationships, friendships, and Jerry could be that if he could maybe win a challenge. But I think that that is it's I, crucial to him. I actually think it's a really hard road for George moving forward from here because I don't actually see him Unless he won a challenge, I don't see him going through. Yeah, I mean, that's I just, just, I don't, I don't it's think it's really, possible. really hard. Like, we're mm. definitely going to talk about the road because it's a tricky one. For Nina, do we think that there was more she could have done? Because I feel like this, is, I think this she was gave it. it. No, she this was She was literally <laughs> like, she was just hounding Jerry that whole time. She I was like, love seeing that side of Nina, though. Like, when mm. she just really has to dig deep and just throw everything at it. And that's exactly what she did in that pen. I still love that. It's a pen. But she really did try everything. Yeah, she could. I think for Nina, I love that it's our running theme of her post-merge game to be like, well, I'm just going to lay it all out there. Yeah. I'm just going to bury Haley. I'm just going to bury George. Give me all the information I've had. Now it's all out there. At times, I think that it was maybe a little much and made her to be a little bit of a liability. Like later on when she's saying to Matt, it's 2v2 and George is in the middle. Like if he's looking to work with you, coming across like it's a little unworkable. But in times like this, when she's been voted out or when she's like really on the bottom... And she's out at it. It was a fun thing because I feel like it was almost Sandra-esque that mm. Sandra would come back in the middle of the night and just air dirty laundry. <laughs> like, that feels like something that she would do. That's, that's twine to me. <laughs> the thing that I love about this isolation pen is that you can't have a conversation without the other person hearing. Yeah. And when yeah. they're discussing what the plans are, it's so awkward because Nina's just sitting there being like, <laughs> I know you, I'm part of this plan. Yeah, they should have done that every single time. Like, so these whole these conversations are just... Scan over to her and she's just sitting there. Like, then that's why. And this said, that's why it's so hard. Yeah, I love it. I wonder if she just sat there and went, I can hear you. Yeah. Like, I can hear you. I'm literally right here. Same plan as last night. And she's like, well, I'm sitting here. Yeah. So I don't I know love the plan. that. I know that there could be votes on me. So, But again, like... Why is no one taking the swing? Oh, I'm just like, what? I'm done. Just let him win. Baltimore, yeah. Like, Baltimore at this point, I'm just like, it. I give up. Like, I'm <laughs> done here. I think you're contracted for the, the rest of the season. Yeah. The underdog, <laughs> it's not actually your choice. Yeah, you're oh, God. <laughs> Both Simon and Nina were eliminated this week. And if we learn anything, it's don't call Jerry a pawn. <laughs> George's expertise in this game is second to none. Mm -hmm. I wanted to jump on board and I want to learn some of that stuff. Give it to me. This is gold. And not only do we have a relationship, a friendship, but he's also a great mentor, even with the age difference. You're never too old to learn. I've been working with George and learning from him to play this game. And he's been a bloody good teacher because I'm still sitting here. Thank you, Jerry. Six from the top. And that, that's honest. That's one of the nicest things someone's ever said about me. Oh, Georgie. No, but it's true. Yeah, but where does it get you? Yeah, when does he? Uh, like, I get it. I get it. It's, it's true. Yes, amazing. You're a mentor. But where does it get you? What, to six and maybe to five, to four? Where does it take you to the end? It probably won't. I get his argument. He's like, I'm not a pawn. I'm here because George is my mentor. But you're... You can't go against your mentor at the end. Like, it's not going to happen. Whoa. Yeah, your mentor will win. That's what your mentor would teach you to do. Like, WWGD, what would George do? He'd take out George, probably. Exactly. And there was a famous story. Rob Sestanino, again, my boss. He coached this person up the entire game, had him there as a pawn, but taught him the ways of the game. And then at the very, very end, at the final three, when he won the challenge, this Matt, who he'd taken through, I also a Matt, actually, Matteo, and he took out Rob because he had learned the game at that point. Yeah. So it's like Frankenstein's monster had become like a little bit sentient at that point to do that. So mm. I think it was interesting that Jerry said to Simon about it being like a coach. Yeah. But the issue is you aren't competing against, against your, coach. your coach. Like yeah. it's a yeah. different dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it like we'll see how he takes those lessons and if it will come to fruition. Like, honestly, I thought that like, yep, there's a lot of fire in what you're saying. There's a lot of like attitude there. But I'm like, but your point's kind of mute because it, it doesn't make sense. Yes, he's your mentor. But as you've said, you never yeah. go against your mentor. Like, it's just... I guess one of the oh. other things to highlight is the similarities between this situation and the Liz and Shawnee situation. I know Shawnee's no longer here, but Shawnee was Liz's mentor. Mm. And it would have been a similar situation mm -hmm. if they both made it towards this part of the game. And Liz probably did take on some of those lessons. Exactly. I'd like to point out... Oh, sorry. Sorry, you keep going. 
No, I was. I just. We're all being so really. We're being really polite right now, and I feel like it's because you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like. Oh. I just think for George, and we've spoken about it like all the way back to the, like the Michael Tribal Council with the tears. No one does it better. No one does the I'm a victim sympathy thing better than George. And I feel like it, it I think it works here. I think it's important. Mm. But in terms of like what Jerry is saying that, you know, he's, he's not a pawn and that, you know, he says like later they're all leaders and stuff. My issue is all that matters is what the jury thinks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think some of this will not be well received by a jury if mm -hmm. Jerry gets there because I think that they won't agree. I think they won't yeah. agree that they were all captains of the ship at different yeah. times. Yeah. And I think that's what matters. That's the objective truth is the subjectivity of the jury, not even saying that that's untrue. Mm. But I think that that's a big myth. When people are telling you that and then going to the jury bench, it doesn't matter if you think you're right. They're right because mm. like the customer, the juror at that it's point is right. Yeah. yeah. If I was sitting here and I was watching this, I'd be like, I hate this argument. Like, this, this is not a winning pitch for I me. I mean, I don't see that much of a difference between a mentor and a pawn. Like, someone who's being mentored and kind of, like, shaped and moulded. Like, that's a pawn. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that there's, I guess, more agency and, like, learning from that. But then you can't go against that person in exactly. the end. Mm. Um, we see that Jerry, obviously, is so important to George later when he doesn't take out Matt to keep Jerry happy. And I think that that, whatever he's planning for the end game, and I don't really know what it is, because I think his pathway is extremely difficult, <laughs> as we'll talk about, but I think Jerry must be crucial to it. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I, 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 don't I think it. I would want to take Jerry towards the end, or yeah. to the end, if I was one of them. If I was George, though, I would probably take Matt. Would you? Yeah, because I actually think that Jerry's done more. Do you? Yeah. I'd love but to I feel talk like about that. Jerry versus Matt as like a jury if they sit together because I think that's a distinct possibility. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to just say Matt because he's cute and young and like you know oh. saves lives I mean, because oh. that's oh. Oh. <laughs> Jerry saves lives too and he's cute as well. That is true, but <laughs> I feel like Jerry hits my heartstrings because he's yeah. got that fatherly figure, you know. Mm -hmm. mm. So I mean, there's a bit of both. Yeah, I sit with it in Jerry. I feel will have an argument that people won't respect as much. I think mm. Matt crying in confessional, knowing his place more and knowing that some people will see it as more passive at mm -hmm. points, that'll feel real to the jury in a way that I think will be a little better. But what you just said, the jury don't, don't see. What, like, what, yeah, but what, if he were, to, if he were to come it. in with that energy, yeah, not okay. that he'd be crying there, but if he comes in and is like, look, I know at points I was led, here are the specific things that I did and doesn't overstate his game. Mm. Where if Jerry is going to come in and say, I was the captain of the ship, I feel like people I will not enjoy. Jerry, I don't think that's Jerry's argument. I think Jerry's argument is I've been pretty much voted out of survivor and I'm still here at the end. I like, also I, think Jerry would sell himself quite well. Like yeah. he's very strong when he talks and I feel like yeah. he would be quite powerful to listen to if you were on the jury. And people have him. respect for like how he's done in challenges and how he's always like hanging with the young kids to do this well. And I think there is that general respect mm. level as well. Whereas Matt has burned some bridges. He flipped they both flipped on the heroes, but I feel like Matt probably Matt's felt like that was more on Matt, whereas they'd like voted Jerry out exactly. at that point. So yeah, so, yeah like with, with Jerry he can literally say to the heroes I came on, I did your bidding, blah, 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 after you even got rid of me. And mm. I'm like, that argument wins for me. For me. I still like, feel like I would go, Matt. I don't know. I, I, you're flipping I mean, back and forth. I, I was like, I, you did say Jerry. No, I think that it's quite <laughs> do, even. That's why it's such a good solution yeah. for the both of them. Like, that's why they're here with George and they're just like riding those coattails to a degree. So yeah. sorry for saying it, Jerry, please don't come for me. But if they can go there with him, if they could like really gang up on Liz next time, and I don't know that that's what George will want to do because I think he wants to slice and dice, maybe have Liz and one of Matt and Jerry to be kind of between even one and one, mm. the same way he was between the two and two. Yeah, I think that if he could do that, that would be good for George. But if they can keep with George to a three, Matt wins a challenge, takes out George. One of the two of them has to win and we're saying it could be a fairly equal shot. So that's a good solution for either mm. of them, I think. Maybe I have not been watching Matt's game as closely because I was just like... I mean, I think I also appreciate his challenge beastness as well. Like, that's something that's personal to me and something that I can appreciate. And yeah, he's I been think... really strong in the challenges. Mm -hmm. And the jurors mm -hmm. will care. Would Sean yeah. care? Would Sam care? Would Flick care? Simon about mm -hmm. challenges? I think yes. We also have to think about what people have said. You know, Shawnee saying things like, we'll go with Jerry to the end when she said that to Liz. So that might be how people are perceiving it. We might yep. just take people of a certain age less seriously. Not that we should. Yeah, it's an yeah, implicit yeah. bias, but it might make it more difficult. And I know oh, people have... a good heartstring to pull on, though. But, well, but, but people <laughs> have spoken about it. Like, sometimes it's, it's, it's hard in both ways because I think people who are older have spoken about... We've obviously seen, like, Shane Gould as a winner, but spoken yeah. about, well, I've, I'm out. I've yeah. been out of mm -hmm. it. And that's, like, a, 
like that's something that's been against me from the beginning. But then yeah. overcoming that is impressive. Yeah. So he definitely has yeah. because there was that has. stage early on in the game. He had the sore ankle. It was just everybody wanted to vote out mm. the weakest link. Mm -hmm. But Jerry is not weak. Like, we've seen him almost... That last challenge... We hear Sam literally say, we're going to send you over because we can afford to lose I you. Know. Like, oh, I what? Hate yeah. It would be a good way to come around that, that that Sam would vote for him in the end. Yeah. Yes. That would be good. So for Liz, my issue with what she had been doing was feeding into George's agency, lifting up his game even though we did think she was important to him and we do think she is individually important mm. to him and she continues to be. Mm -mm. She doesn't get what she wants here. She loses her agency because George decides not to because he's so powerful. This has been my concern. <laughs> you know, like, even though he'll always keep her around and he wants to rely on her, mm. she wanted to use Nina. So I think that that, yeah, I don't think that, I think that that shows some of the flaws in what we've seen through her really working with his game. Also, that flip <laughs> on Nina was a last-minute thing. He did turn But to he her. had the control. Yeah, but that was probably because if, if he said anyone else's name, she would probably said yes as, as well. It's only because, yes, he had the control and that's what he said, but if, she, if he said anyone else, she would have just been like... But that just shows his control. Yeah, but like... <sighs> Thank you, Brooke. It's, it's so much, it's just so much of giving George the power. And yeah. that's been really the running theme of, I think, this probably the whole season, but definitely the end game. Mm. And there are pros for it, as we've long discussed for many of them, but then I think these are the drawbacks. Mm. You know, for Nina, I feel like there's, like, a good reason to take her out for everyone, though. Like, even for Liz, if you're taking Nina through, is it going to get to a point where you, where you sit next to her or you definitely don't want to sit next to George? So I guess now are you definitely sitting next to Jerry? Because George, when he was saying it, and, Brooke, I think you were in a similar spot in All Stars, mm -hmm. that underdog narrative and those friends on the jury, he's saying if she has Simon, yeah. Sean, Flick and Sam, that's four of, what, eight or, eight or nine jury votes depending on a final two or three. That's very many. You know, then, you, then you're really having to nail every other vote, clearly. If, if it's a final three, including the, someone sitting with you, like, in the final three, it would be a tie at best of 4-4. Four, four. Mm. She's got four votes locked up. Already. That's really powerful. And I think sometimes it gets overlooked because it's like, she hasn't been controlling the game. She's been the underdog. But that underdog fight is often better. Mm -mm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's something that people on the jury definitely look at, and I would for sure. Like, I love seeing an underdog. I love seeing them work from the bottom. And the fact that she's managed to be here after all the shots people have taken at her and literally just crawling her way through, I feel like she would get my vote. Mm. And so much of it is on friendship. I, I love this take that I've had before in talking to Harry Hills, you know, former amazing Harry Hills, <laughs> such a great player, Dirty Harry. And he spoke about the relationship game and the identity game. Mm -hmm. So someone like George is probably going to win on the identity game. If he gets to a final two or three, it's just we just respect you. It's not about if I like you more necessarily than that person, our individual relationship, like a blanket, I want to vote for you to win. But for Nina, it is it's that individual relationship. Might not get every vote, but if it's enough to win and you can really mm. nail that, then she's had like a phenomenal head start to it. So I do, I do think she was a big threat there. But we're saying that that vote would only happen if she wasn't up against George, because I think the identity... Oh, yeah. No, George, George, I think George yeah. would. I think, George, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's the vibe we've got in the whole time from mm. everyone is like, George will win if he gets to the mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. But I think against anyone else, Nina would have had a, a really good, good shot. What about Liz versus Nina? See, that's the thing, that, and that's why I'm thinking about it, because otherwise I think, like, Liz... I've always thought Liz is a big threat, but in thinking about Nina, Liz would have to nail every other vote. Could she do it? Could she get all the villains? She obviously has Shawnee. She'd have to get all of, basically, all the people who are still here now, but, like, mm. George, Jerry, or Matt, like, whoever... Well, she's sitting next to, to Nina. So George, Jerry, and Matt, and Haley. Yeah, maybe. But you'd hate to start at a four-vote deficit. Yeah. yeah. Well, we lost some icons this week, and I think this is a good time for Khan Crosses Out Your Face. <laughs> Yay! Do we have a jingle? Crosses, crosses out, out your face. face. Crosses, crosses out your face. face. Welcome back to Khan Crosses, crosses out, out Your Face. face. Hey. Oh, okay, oh, Nina, I don't want to cross Nina's well, face out. Well, do it. I was going to last week. Nina is Aww. gone. I really feel for Nina. I really think that she struggled a lot this season. And Simon, oh, little puppy. Oh, well, let's talk about these two icons because I feel like they both contributed in their own way and are yes. so important to the season. I mean, to start with Simon, I think it'll go down in the history books. His journey through the season <laughs> with George, with the cookie idol, with the roller coaster that he had, I think it's all time. I think it's globally significant. I was going to say he had his ups and downs, but it, there was, just, was it just a down. A lot of downs. It was an up, I think. But I think it's changed my perception of mm -hmm. Simon, which Clearly. means it's a great season for yeah. him. Because yeah. he came in and I was like, mm, are you kind of a wanker? Mm. But then at the end, I'm like, I'm in love with you. You're the best thing ever. Like, you're the nicest thing. You just want to be loved. 
He tried yeah. your hardest. He really tried his hardest. I want to say about Simon, something I was thinking as he was on his way out the door was that, no, but like, <laughs> what happened to Simon? <laughs> so sorry. No, 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 no. Like, I was literally thinking that he, it was a hard road and the, the whole vibe of the season has been light and fun and really funny. And a lot of that has been with Simon and at Simon's expense. And I think with someone else, it could have gotten so so bad that it was actually quite dark and weighed the season down. Mm. And it's such a testament to Simon, I think, as a person and as a Survivor character, that he lent into it and he was having fun and he's like, it's probably another decoy plan. And he's <laughs> yelling in confessional and he's exuberant and he's mm. having fun with it all the time. And if it was someone else, and I wouldn't have even have blamed that person for sinking into mm -hmm. it, I think it could have dragged down the whole season. But instead he becomes an absolute highlight of the season. Yeah. And I think that's such a testament to him as a human being, really. And I think it's also the fact that he's like such a challenge beast that it, it like that he can do that. He did win a car. Mm, I did. Yes. Yeah, that is an up. Yeah, there was that's one up. true. <laughs> See, and he's he's out the door smiling and being happy, and I think that was just so important. He was just I, happy to be there. Yeah, and I think <laughs> just happy with, to be included. <laughs> no, I think with Simon, he was just happy to prove that he can play mm -hmm. and that he's strong and that he's capable. And because of winning all these challenges, I think he felt that he'd hit those. Two. Yeah, that's, he hit those targets. Uh, yeah, those targets. So, so he's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then what about Nina? Obviously, someone that you played with. Like, how did you think about her second season? Oh, I think this was a hard season for Nina. Mm -hmm. I felt like in, in um, the season that she played with myself, she was very much in control and she knew all the plans, everything that was happening. And then watching her from merge of this season, she had no control. Like, yeah. she was completely fighting from the bottom, but I think she did a really good job. I think she fought really hard and I think she should be really proud because I'm pretty proud to watching her. Mm. Wait, none of us have a winner's pick left. Oh, you both yeah. said Nina. Oh, I yeah. said Shani. Oh, and I felt I felt really good about Nina for a long time. Mm. I mean, even with the edit, I was still like, oh, but then she got that one confessional. I was like holding <laughs> on to it. Because I even think, as we're saying, there was hope in, in those jury votes and those relationships. Mm. And I liked a lot of the fight, even though some of it was to, a lot <laughs> of it was to enable George, who ends up cutting her off and now multiple <laughs> times. I, I like that she got in there socially. She won a challenge. She found an idol. Like she, she also ticked things <laughs> off the bucket list. And I think she's such an important part for how the season has had reverence for the original heroes versus villains and it's recognized that and there've been these like accidental allusions to the season multiple times and to have a twine there sneaking around and causing <laughs> chaos, like and, it felt right. And I think also she would be really happy coming back as someone who was injured, mm -hmm. who got medevaced out. Not getting uh, injured again. Not getting injured again, <laughs> yeah, but also making true. it so far and making it further yeah. than she did the first time. I think like this is a redemption for her, and I think she's going to be pretty happy with it. I think she held herself very well throughout mm. the whole thing, considering what she had thrown at her. She really stayed true to her. And if she ever played again, I would not want to play next to her, because I think yeah. She, yeah, she's hard. I feel like she's got to win a season soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming, and I don't want to be there. <laughs> I'll be watching. Welcome to our special guest, two-time player Nick Iadanza. Nick, have you been enjoying Heroes vs. Villains? Why or why not? But probably say why. <laughs> yeah. I am loving it and thank you for having me. It's so good to be on the couch. I just love this season. Not that our seasons weren't great, <laughs> but I think that this season stands on its own as like a arc that you can just watch from beginning to end. There are so many threads that you can pull on. There's the Simon Cookie Idol thread. There's the George and Shiz thread. And it, these are just storylines that are traversing the whole season. Mm. And I think it's going to really stand up good on a, on a, on a rewatch. Yes, I definitely agree. And what a great week to have someone who literally was my mentor in the week of mentorship. <laughs> Am I your pawn, do you think? Or do you see me as more of a, of a student? Well, I feel like now in the process, I've become the pawn. <laughs> and, and you are definitely the mentor. <laughs> I'm just really happy that you're here because it feels like Mardi Gras War Pride again, where it started as a threesome and people kept arriving. <laughs> I feel like we make a really nice oh, really time. Nice <laughs> shot. No, this is great. This is great. It's not just the torches that are flaming on on on, on talking survival. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm doing pretty is good. Is it getting here. hot in here? Yeah. Right. <sighs> a big episode. Okay. Everyone, let's get back on track. Let's, let's talk because we wanted. So we've got two mayors of Jury Villa here. Yes. And I think that that is essential as we look at. Oh yes. Yeah, so what a yes. and what a great group. What a great group it is. I think that we need to talk about it looking towards it being a final tribal council mm. next time and that mm. being the whole point of the game. Nick, as, a, as the first ever mayor of Jury Villa for Australian Survivor, do you feel like you had an impact on that Jury Villa? And then do we think that, like, Flick, Sam, and then Shawnee, who've been there the longest, do we feel like that could kind of have an impact on this jury? Well, you'd have to it ask. Definitely. 
<laughs> I'm just sitting here like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Brooke was there and it was funny. So, you know, you know, being yeah. the mayor of Jury Villa, you are the first one. And then every couple of days, a new person arrives mm -hmm. with their version of events. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. And I'm sure you can speak to this as well that you see the story evolve every two days. It's like, mm, that's not what Chinese the last whispers. person said. <laughs> and it's like, mm, no, no. And you feel like you've got the whole picture, yeah. even though you haven't been in the game. Did you experience that? Yeah, 100%. And I feel as though we're told not to take things personally, right? So if the first person who's in the jury takes it personally, I feel like everyone else mm -hmm. does. But if you're the first person and you look at things yeah. from an objective point of view, everyone else kind of does as well. So you do have that role where you can kind of shape and morph how people vote but not actually influence them, but they go, hey, you should actually think about games rather than yes. think about, yeah. like, your emotions. I agree. I think it's about, as the mayor, you know, mm. these are roles that are important, <laughs> you know? Come on, guys. I just, are you a Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you look so fly on the jury. Like, we weren't allowed. We were told that we had to wear just, like, we had to look like we had just gotten off the island, but, like, still that we'd maybe been stranded no for a while. Makeup. And then... Oh. Fast forward to Khan season, he's like sashaying down the runway. Yeah. It's like, you look at us, we look like we've just oh, like Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Just shambled on the jury. Like, Khan's in like. Mm, yeah, actually, Gilligan's head. Island. So, oh. But no, it, it, it definitely is. You have to almost plant your flag of what you're going to stand for yeah. on, that, on that jury. And what I think that a good mayor of Jury Villa will stand for is gameplay mm. and picking someone who is a good representative mm -hmm. of the season as a whole. Yeah, mm. yeah. agreed, agreed. Because I feel as though you would have seen it. People come in and they literally start campaigning for one person or, yes. like, or a well, couple of people. Well, you had loved one. So that's I know. Yeah. Oh, for some reason, Jordan's campaigning for Josh. I just think he played a great game. It's not because he's my cousin but or it's, anything. It's, but it's the funniest thing because it was a loved one season. So I would listen to these people talking. I'm like, this makes no sense. Mm -hmm. You're like disregarding someone's game just because you want your loved one or someone you really like to yeah. win. But it's like, yeah. they've played a better game. Yeah. Like, honestly. And yes, there was, a, there was two people who literally went really hard and I was like, that person did not play a game at all. <laughs> so, like, I don't understand how you're fighting for this. Yeah, the yeah. gameplay in your jury villa was legitimate because it yeah. was across, like, the aisle and there were still these pairs in it that were doing mm. it. For Nick, for you, I mean, Christy wins over Lee and you're the mayor of Jury Villa, and Mateship loses, and you hated Mateship. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence. You have those, like, epic jury <laughs> speech. Yeah. It's all coming together many years later. I think, I, think it's, I think that is part of it. Not that we were actively campaigning for one or the other, but, uh, you know, Brooke, you were there. Mm -hmm. we, we wanted... You were there. We wanted someone who was going to represent at the, the show... The first season. The first season, who's going to set us up for success. Mm -hmm. And that's not someone who plays mateship. And I think that we've seen that evolve over the, mm. uh, over the course of the, the series, that people take this decision really seriously. Mm -hmm. And it is. You are basically part of the crowning jewel of what we've all been Worked here for. for. Yeah. We've mm. all been committing and all trying to make this thing happen and we get to decide mm. it. it's an important role and it has to be taken seriously. I mean, another important thing for us was jury management yeah. as well. So I think that played a big role and that's it's like something we've talked about before is like George doing those winks and things to the jury and how oh. he felt about that. I've got mixed thoughts <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if you were in, uh, on the jury right now and you saw that, how would you feel? Okay, so I kind of liken jury management to, say you're interested in dating someone, you know, or you're out on the, out on the town and you're kind of... It. Say you want someone to, you want someone to show an interest in you, but if they start pursuing you too mm. much, it's a little bit of an ick. Mm. Like it becomes, a, feels a little bit desperate. I would love mm -hmm. to be pursued. <laughs> I want to be like this to you. No, not like that. You It just feels... <laughs> a little bit desperate, False. you know, yeah, yeah. And, and then that rings as hollow to me. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want the moves to stand for themselves. I've got two eyes, I can see. Mm -hmm. These are all really clever players who can see what's happening. We don't need you to kind of spell it out for yeah, us. And it almost seems a little bit condescending, like, that one was for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think George's game, like, there's substance behind any of those gestures, but I think as well, what you say about, like, you wanted the first season to have, like, to really be represented, and I think that's so true of this season. Because the season is so plainly epic. Like, it's clear to see, and I'm sure they were aware yeah. of that out there, that this is like a via season, right? Like, I don't know if you guys were getting vibes out there of, like, whether seasons were hitting or not, but I feel like <laughs> they're maybe different for the seasons that you were on. But the season is so good. It's such an epic theme. Heroes versus Villains is so important to global survivor culture as a theme. It's had these returnees. It's had these massive moments and moves. Like, even though we do have people on the jury that you would think, like, 
Sam Webb is literally there, you know, and he did vote for Christie, but you might have some people who care more about the mateship heroic, mm -hmm. literally a hero tribe, that kind of mentality. Maybe it's a naive hope, but I kind of think that that would be important about representing the season well. I think it's always important. Yeah. Like, I honestly think the jury always thinks that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one of the, the, the major components is not only thinking about, I'm talking more from the perspective of the players, is to think about how each juror fit into the overarching narrative of mm. the season. You've just been voted out. You're sitting there wishing that you were part of it there, still and yeah. you were the one who was getting your chance to pitch. You want to feel like your time in the game isn't over yet. Mm. And I think the best final Tribal Council performances are the people who can engage you in the narrative still mm. and make it feel like your time on that island was, was, was pivotal, really yeah. important. was important. Mm, yeah. And it, sometimes it's completely <laughs> false <laughs> and you have to just kind of like pitch things and hope that something people... Sticks. Something sticks. Yeah. But I do think it's important in not only crowning someone that feels part of the narrative, but that everyone feels part of the narrative. Mm. Like it is a collective endeavour in the end. Mm. Yeah. I mean, to put that on the other side of that, how, if you're a player, how do you do that? You know, so like in terms of obviously in talking about it with at a final tribal council, but are there just other ways that you can really engage with that jury? I think that you need to honour each player's perception of the way they, they played play. the game. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I think it's important. I think this is why, in going back to season one, why Lee didn't understand what we each individually wanted on that jury. We mm. wanted him to say, look, I think that the way I tried to play didn't work and the way that you played maybe worked better and this bit was, uh, I could have taken a little bit from Brooke mm. and maybe a little bit from Sam Webb and drawn us into this story so that we then felt, do you know what? You have developed. You mm. have grown. You have included me in the story. Because, look, Survival players are narcissists. <laughs> yeah. Narcissists, no, selfish people who want to feel... Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I yeah, think no, that's I how agree, you need to I do it. I agree with that. Yeah, I definitely... I mean, we've... The, the amount of discussions as a Survivor fandom that we've had for over 20 years on the jury, because it's so beautifully complex. Like, I've spoken to literally, like, psychologists about the Survivor jury, because it is. It's about... It's about trying to, to cater to that specific psychology of how someone sees themselves, how they mm. see themselves as still relevant, because everyone's the hero of their own story. Exactly. And you get voted out, and you still want to be the hero of that story. And for maybe one of these people, that is true. <laughs> but it's how can, how can yeah, that be relevant to me? I think that is a really good point. You mean that we weren't individually the heroes <laughs> to me of our season? <laughs> to me, of course. Oh, of Not course, Khan. of course. Khan's a villain. So, again... The jurors that I have, the multiple jurors that you guys have been, I'd love to know, like, swap it around from the players to the jury. What makes a great jury speech or what part of the new mm -hmm. format? How can you be, I'm not trying to say a good juror, because I, don't, I think, like, that's, like, a subjective term, an entertaining juror to me. That's what I, what I want to know. <laughs> Just getting Nick identity. Yeah, well, Nick, Nick really went for it. I love it. I feel like the jury format that I played in was very yeah. different. So mm -hmm. I feel like I was the original format where one player gets to stand up and kind of, Give the Sue Hawk a little speech. Bit. Yeah, give the Sue Hawk classic speech where you can grill. You were part of the, you know, more communal. But, yep. Brooke, you've actually been in both of them. Mm -hmm. So maybe you could speak to the difference between the two and if you feel that there is a way that you can get a better answer from one or the other. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the All-Stars finale was, was good in that we all got to ask those questions that everyone had been kind of saying back and forth, but the things that you've been dying to get off your chest. And they definitely come out. And it's good to see what was important to every other juror because that's what they focus on. I, I mean, for me, I think I went too hard maybe in my, <laughs> in my jury. <laughs> I know. I was exist. literally inspired by how savage Nick was in, his, <laughs> in the first season. And it's, it's really good to get their responses because, I mean, half the time you think they're just telling you what you want to hear. Mm. But that's what it's about at that time. Like, I want to hear yeah. what you I'm putting out there. It. Like, yeah. give it to me. Yeah. Flower me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cover me in compliments. Like, right now is the time to schmooze me. And that's what worked for me. But don't you find that sometimes there's two ways to look at it? Like, some jurors ask the question wanting an answer. But some jurors ask the question knowing that that answer will sway other people. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's like... If, the game if, never ends. Yeah, yeah, the game doesn't end. And it's like, look, let's say that I want Shannon to win. I might ask something that's really positive yeah. for you to win, like something where you can answer layup, to be like, yeah. hey, mm -hmm. the jury doesn't understand where your point of view is here, but I know that they would want to know that, so I would ask you, but I would do it in a favourable way to you so that when you answer, yeah. 
it would yeah sway yeah. some people. There's also yeah. There's also clever ways to um, word things. So you're trying to make a statement, but you're putting it in a question. Yes. Like you're trying to say you did nothing this entire season. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the fact that you did nothing this entire yeah. season? But you're trying to word it in a way that you're getting that point to the jury, like you I said. Th I think but someone on our season literally just went. Whoa. Chrissy, you're a goat. Like, like I literally yeah. remember that yeah. instead of asking questions, and I was like, oh my god, you can't just, just call her a goat. If I'm cringing at making a difficult <laughs> tribal council speech, then that's pretty, that's pretty rough. It's hard. I do yeah. remember, sorry, I do remember when we were, before final tribal council, kind of just, you know, maybe running our questions past each other, and I remember sitting Brooke down and saying, okay, this is what I'm thinking of saying, and then you were just like, <laughs> I didn't know we could do that. <laughs> And I was like, what, what too much? <laughs> oh, my God. Am I coming in too hot? I'm like, you think? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, based on the fact, as we're saying, that, like, everyone's a hero of their own story and there have been jury speeches that will live in maybe infamy but that are iconic. And I know, Nick, I mean, being such a fan, was that something that was important to you? Do you want to come out and be, like, an effective, memorable juror? Is that, like, something that a lot of these big characters will probably be thinking of? I think so. Like, I wanted that moment because it's fun. Mm. But, well, not for Lee, but it was fun, right? <laughs> it was fun. But it was also, like, when I watch a Survivor finale, I feel like the final Tribal Council is, like, the pinnacle. Yeah. It's the mm. climax of the season. Mm -hmm. There's got to be something in there for the audience to chew on. Mm -hmm. And they can't all just be questions that are, you know, softball questions or, or serious questions about, like, I need to know this one specific piece of information. I do think that you should almost know that information beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Final Tribal Council almost is, like, a little bit of a chance to get the players off kilter for one last chance. Mm -hmm. Like, you've spent 55 days, 40 days, whatever, however long the season is, how much can you stand in the last sprint? You're almost at that finish line. Mm -hmm. Can I kind of trip you up? Can I kind of push you in a way that will give you something really human and reveal something that I didn't know before? It's not come, doesn't come from a callous way. It comes from a hopefully a good Fun TV people, way. It probably does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hopefully a good TV way, but also in a way that honours the severity of what we're actually doing, which is saying this person stands head and shoulders above everyone else and has for the entire season. Mm -hmm. And $500,000. Exactly. Yeah. It's, like, it's a lot of know, money. Lot You've got to earn it. You've got to be it's tap important. dancing all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. Dance, funky dance. <laughs> for sure. I mean, if you're going to be the winner of this season, Heroes versus Villains, that has been so epic you got to earn it. So I mm -hmm. think that the jurors right. are going to take that very, very seriously. Getting to a final two is a tricky pathway. Let's talk about it in World of Survivor. Yeah, so for World of Survivor, I wanted to talk about a final two. From the players' perspective, we're not really hearing if they think it's necessarily a final three or a final two. We're leaning a little bit to a final two. And last night when I couldn't sleep, I was thinking about all the final twos in Global Survivor history. And I, I was thinking about the <laughs> pathways of how someone gets there because it's really, really, really tricky to get down to it. It's not something we have in US Survivor anymore. They have final threes and fire making it the final four. So I was thinking about it and I thought, I thought that, you know, yes, I was. That every time you made it. That that's what you think I about it. Sure, so I was thinking about the final people, twos of all the seasons. Some people count sheep, and I was counting these final twos. I love it. And I thought that there were basically three pathways of the winners who've, who've won in final twos. Yeah. One, you win the challenge. Four of the six final twos we've had in Australian Survivor, they won the challenge. If they hadn't, they probably don't win. Mm -hmm. The other one is you're not the biggest threat of the final three. So, of course, the biggest threat gets taken out third. You go, as a, and there's the second biggest threat, you beat one person next to you. That's pretty much it. Now, George is probably not going to win a challenge, mm. and he is the biggest threat. That was my issue. So then there's a tiny other pathway that sometimes works out, which is human error or human emotion. It's yeah. loyalty. It's a, it's a friend taking you through when they shouldn't. It's mm. Sean making a mistake to take Shane over Brian Lake, who she would have beaten despite winning the challenge. It's it's Wu saying morality, honor, misreading the jury. So it's, it's that human error. And I think that if George has any way, it'll be an ally, a Matt or a, a, Jerry. a Jerry. Yeah, if Jerry could win a, win a challenge to take him then, mm. Jerry has held his own yep. to take him through. And I think for George, he has had that loyalty and allies before, like Kara, like mm -hmm. Jerry. It is unfortunate that those allies are also not like particular challenge beasts. But do we see a pathway here if it's like for a final two? I don't. With George? Yeah, I don't. I, don't I really that. don't see it happening. I mean, unless it is the <laughs> trivia. Or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, the challenge might work for him, but has George won a challenge? No. I... Well, what about the case? 
Oh, the I KFC mean, he with Haley. Yeah. I mean, like, he hasn't won an immunity challenge. I think... Yeah, and I mean, he did very, very well in his final immunity challenge in Brayden mm. versus Braun. It was hours and hours. Flick and Haley were just crazy. <laughs> like, they were <laughs> hours even more. So it, it is really tough. But, yeah, winning that challenge, it's really, really hard to not be able to rely on it. You look at someone like a David, mm -hmm. who's that huge threat. And there might have been loyalty there, but he can rely on winning that challenge, and that's so vital. Yeah. Because usually the final challenge is an endurance-based challenge, right? We're not going to see a puzzle. We're not going to see no. something that's going to really work to benefit George. Has yeah, that ever no. happened? No, always, it's endurance. It's always endurance. For an Australian survivor, yeah. Like, yeah. to the point where it's predictable mm -hmm. that, like, Liz would definitely be counting on it being an endurance challenge mm -hmm. that she mm -hmm. could do really well. It's a part of the format at this point. So I think it is quite tough. I mean, I think George is in... It's funny, so many parts of it are similar to his last endgame, which was also tricky, but really different. The similar thing being, I'm someone who can't really win a challenge. But last time, he wasn't necessarily going to beat a lot of people at the end. So he had yeah. to get... He could be taken through, but he wanted to get there with someone he could beat, which was tough. Now it's like, it feels like he'd beat anyone, but then how do you get there? Mm. And so it is... There's those three pathways. They might yeah, be closed I, off. I, I would be very shocked if it happened. I don't see it happening. Like, I don't Same. see it happening. Which I can now understand why people are keeping him around, because I'm like, it's not, not going to get to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, for a final three, like, you definitely stay just, like, with Matt and Jerry. And it feels like there's enough loyalty there that that would be it. And he would get to that final three and mm. win, which is funny because then losing at a final two would literally be because the villains chose to vote on Angeline when JLP gave them oh the choice. God. Like, that would probably be the difference, maybe, unless they put in an additional nonalim. But... Yeah, for the, for the final two, I think it is tough. I think that he's looking to slice and dice. He might be looking to keep around, like, Liz. I think he is. And maybe take out Matt here. But Jerry seems so loyal to Matt. Matt clearly can make a good fire if it goes to a tie. So I don't know what George has planned. I'm sure it's really good and smart. Like, but, I don't know what yeah, I'm doing, but I'm not thinking of. Because yeah. yeah. the only other thing that he could really rely on is someone having big enough of an ego to be like, I want to take you to the end. Human error. Because, yeah. yeah. So, so I could be like, oh, I'm going up God, against you. So yeah, I know, I know. You would have, <laughs> your ego would have to be so big yeah, to do that. Yeah, you would need to think you had the best game. Yeah, and that, and that is, it is, that can be something that goes wrong. I mean, I just, I don't, I think that that's really, really tough. It, mm. it can come from misreading a jury. It could come from everyone feels so burned by George that I want to sit next to him incorrectly that's what i mean that's and that's the famous example mm -hmm. tony vlako who i've compared george to multiple times i feel this season two-time winner probably the best player of all time got to that final three and there was no way he was gonna absolutely dominate and Wu takes him and loses eight to one when he probably would have won eight to one the oh. other way over someone who wasn't nearly as like so human error like sometimes yeah. people make bad decisions and maybe yeah. they will for george and that that would be great yeah but, uh, yeah, yeah. It, the human error thing also plays on someone's like morality you know like yeah. the yeah the way they're like oh you deserve to be there i'm gonna take you there yeah i mean for someone like jerry i think that that could work like jerry yeah. it's all been about our relationship but it would be on jerry winning the challenge mm. could you do that for someone like a matt who i think george looks to be targeting and wanted to take out at the last tribal council so i don't know but could you do that for someone like a liz mm. liz is saying you're like a brother to me it's about our liz go toe to toe with the best liz, you know and this is liz human error, but liz, if, if, if liz wins she'll be like bye. you cut shani bye but yeah. she seems really close to george I, I mean i don't necessarily think that she would but i think that's the argument to be made go toe to toe with the best or the jury will hate me or what about our relationship there are things that you can try and push to get to that third avenue i am mm. the biggest threat i haven't won the challenge but can there be emotionality loyalty morality and human error to take me through and mm. that that's how you navigate a final two. It's so hard. But, yeah, but I also think this season is, like, too good for anyone to make any mistakes at this point. Yeah. I don't think that, like, I really honestly do not see George at this point getting to the final two. Yeah. It would be really, really hard. But this is why, I mean, I love a final two. I'm partial to a final two because I think it's clearly very, very tricky. But it's a, definitely a fun one to ruminate on. And I bet George has something cool because his last final five, final four vote in Brains versus Braun were a killer. So... George does really excel at an end game, as difficult as it might be to mm. him. So maybe there'll be something there to kind of navigate through to a final tribal council. Okay, now it's time for our chat with Simon. Hello, Simon. How are you? Hey, Khan. How are you, mate? I, um, I'm good. I'm, I'm exhausted, but I'm glad to be here. Okay. This youth theme was Heroes v Villains. Going to the game, did you feel like you were a villain? I think I was a villain. Like, I always knew that, like, last time that I played that I had some, some unfinished business. But villains have more fun. I knew that I probably played a little bit more as a hero last time, and I probably needed to prove myself a little bit. So 
I took the liberty of being a little bit cheeky and just having some fun with it. Like I'm not, I'd never burn someone's hat. Like I'd never <laughs> do that, but you just, you just have to get around it. You have to get involved. And it, it, it's a lot of fun. On the burning of the hat thing, did he find out while he was there? Did George ever find out while you guys were there together? I took that to the grave. So I did not tell a single soul that stayed between Jonathan and myself. So the first time that George saw that was when it went to air on TV. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. So um, I did speak to him after that one, which was, which was hilarious. Yeah, it was a lot. To clear things up, I actually have sent him a, a hat to replace the one that he's got. And I won't be upset if he burns that one. <laughs> I think that's fair. This is obviously your second time back on the show. Was it easy making that decision to come back on? I always wanted to come back. I, I knew that I had some unfinished business, probably long enough between seasons. But sometimes, you know, when that phone rings, it's really hard to, to say no, but things just worked out in, in my life and I had the right opportunity and the time to go. I had to quit work to make it happen, but a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to happen twice is is pretty cool. You know what, in that first season, maybe going home with two idols wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me because I felt like that was kind of my ticket back in. And then this time, like, you know, look at what I achieved, look at how far I got. And, you know, I did it in a way that I never thought ever thought would have been imaginable, but yeah, I made it to the final six, won a car, won a few knitting necklaces, and was that bloody close to, to having a crack at the title. So yeah, there we go. Well, it's funny because you're like, oh, I had to quit my job to be able to do it. But I'm like, you won an Isuzu D-Max. I think that's worth it. <laughs> it's so worth it. And, and that was really special. Like when I was able to tell Beck, my wife, that, you know, everything that we'd sacrificed and I'd sacrificed to go on this show and then to win an Isuzu D-Max. Like that's a, it's not enough to change your life, but it's life changing to, to me in the position I'm in. So it really made it all worthwhile. And it's just amazing to... I don't know, have the opportunity to win a, a big prize like that. I know, you know, you've been in that same position and it's, it's really cool. Like, you know, it, it definitely makes a difference. So yeah, it was a very special moment for me and, and, and my family to be able to share that with them. Did you, okay. So we, we were talking about like winning the big prizes. So when I won my prize, I pretty much didn't celebrate. I was just like, okay, cool. Just be quiet. Cause I didn't want to get eliminated. Did you feel like there was a car curse when you won the car? Oh, look, I definitely know that there is the, the car curse, but like my, my game was so cooked. Like I was so far on the bottom anyway, I had nothing to lose. And so, and at those kind of moments, like they're so, they're so raw for me. And, you know, I do wear my heart on my sleeve and I am so emotional and passionate about it. And, you know, the opportunity for me to even play this game in the first place is so huge. And for everyone who sits on the home, on, at home on the couch and watches, I felt like I was just a fan who got that shot. So I felt like, you know, I have so many people that you want to like represent to be like, you know, I am the one who was out there actually doing it and I'm going to make the most of every single moment. And yeah, you need to be careful about, you know, winning you know, some of those big things, but it's like, screw them. Like they've all turned on me. They've all tried to vote me off. They're all, they've all consistently been trying to vote me off. And like, I'm like, just won this amazing prize, like this brand new Isuzu. And I'm looking around and everyone's like, they just, it was really hard for them to be excited for me when that, you know, everyone else was so close to that could have been their life-changing moment as well. So it's hard and I'm, I'm just super grateful and, you know, you try to remain humble, but you, you still want to celebrate something that is so important and, you know, exciting and emotional and yeah, it's hard when no one's really celebrating as much with you. Yeah. And I think like that's when Sean and I had that, that moment after my first individual immunity win. You know, I went through and I hugged everyone. Everyone came over and celebrated. And Sean was actually the last one to congratulate me. Like he just happened to be at the end of the line. And I jumped into his arms and he gave him a big hug. And you know, that was probably a, a mistake in terms of the, the game itself. But Sean, like even though the, you know, we weren't working together specifically at the time, we you know, had spoken quite a lot about you know, how cool it would be to win an individual immunity challenge post-merge. And he was probably like the one person who would genuinely be happy for me which was kind of nice and when you're having when you last you're so lonely and so lost out there just having someone who can appreciate those little things and, and be a little bit happy for you yeah when you, you do just want to like celebrate like so much more and you don't want to rub it in people's faces but you know it's still such a cool thing for you it really like was nice to you know, have that moment and, and, and share it with him but you know in terms of what it did for my game 
not so great because it was very, very transparent there. But, you know, it just so happened that that was the same day that I ended up flipping to their alliance. So, that, yeah, it kind of blew up my face at the same time. I fell in love with your game this season. Like, I literally, I've, I've said this to you before, I gave nothing for you. Like, I like when you came back on the season, I'm like, yep, Simon's back on. But as this season progressed, I fell more and more and more obsessed with you and in love with you. Now, do you think you played a different game last season to this season? Um, in the, the heart and the essence of what I did, no, not really. I came to get involved. I came to, you know, play this game. I was never going to be a passenger. And, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I care about it. I love it. And so the motivations didn't change, but the maybe my approach kind of to it did a little bit. And I, you know, I think just at the end of the day, like that can do and never give up attitude and just giving it everything when everything that I touched turned to ash, everything crumbled around me. And it was really hard when you just need to keep turning up to yourself and trying to be resilient when nothing is going for you. And it's been really nice to have a lot of support and people turn on me. Like I've had a lot of um, really nice messages on socials being like, you were not my favorite at the start of the season, but now I'm really cheering for you. I'm really rooting for you. You know, I hope you can you know, stand up to, to George and get that title of Kingslayer. So it's been really nice to see that kind of 360, but to like to live through that. Oh man, like what a roller coaster. <laughs> That's why I think I'm kind of exhausted. Um, okay, so you're talking about things crumbling around you. That means we have to speak about the cookie idol. We have to speak about the cookie idol. <laughs> we have to. Did you ever question whether or not it was an idol? Oh, yeah. Like, I was so skeptical as soon as I got my hands on it. I'm like, okay, there's no note, there's no necklace. And it was the first thing that I, you know, I questioned when I kind of found it. And then, look, the information that I kind of had was it was so limited you know i found that in the cookie jar but it was probably the, the kicker for me was probably the green emblem i'm like why is there an official green emblem on this like this is obviously something and then i think that my i just i wanted it to to be something and i think i probably just wished it into existence unfortunately and yeah the rest was history but that cookie idol how it defined my entire game that was the turning point for me because it gave me the confidence to play with an idol and feel like I was protected at Trouble Council. It gave me the confidence to have a poke at the bear and, you know, have a crack at George, even at that episode seven Tribal Council. And then it burnt me in so many ways, but it also got me through Tribe Swap. It got me a couple of friends temporarily, and then it all crumbled after the year that ended up being fake and put me in the position that it did. So it's like, I just can't believe the impact that it had on my game. And it was just like, you know, if I hadn't have gone to take a second handful of cookies, that may not have been me who found it. And my whole game, my, everything would have been so different. You mentioned that tribal. That tribal was kind of a, a pivotal point for me. I felt like it changed the entire way that I saw you and how you played. Mm. Let's talk about that tribal. We see you and George butting heads a lot all the way before that tribal. I think afterwards, you kind of simmered down a bit, but all before that tribal, it was intense. Like, what was the atmosphere like actually there? And are you guys still friends now? George and I are still friends now. Like, uh, you have to you have to drop some things and game respects game. And the way that he was constantly a bit of an antagonist towards me, and he'll always make these little digs towards me throughout. And I, you know, I, was the, I was like, guys, we have to get him out. Like, he's just, if he gets a run on, he's going to be unstoppable. And sure enough, like, you know, it, it, it's all kind of happened. But, like, at that tribal, it was electric. Watching it go down in real time and watching my world spin around me as, you know, I find out that my best friend Geordie is now against me and to you know, have a really special moment where I won my first immunity necklace just be completely overshadowed by this, I can't even, like, put into words, but this is the explosion of my, my game there. Yeah, it was it was a lot to process, and then to watch it back was like, wow, okay. Like there were a lot of those things that were really really raw. But yeah, things definitely did bubble away, like you know, underneath the surface, kind of leading up to that. And at the end of the day, like George and I, we're just very different people. Like we just approached the game in in very different ways. Obviously, you won your first individual immunity in that tribal, a surprise challenge. How did you feel? Because we, we saw you get quite emotional. Oh, that was the first of many times that I cried. Well, I didn't even think it was the first. <laughs> it was like one of many times I cried during the game. 
that was really special for me to win my first individual immunity necklace and to do it when I needed it the most. Like that was just, just the icing on the cake. I, I think for me, like the individual and the challenge part of the game is what made me as a young boy fall in love with the US Survivor. You know, watching guys like Boston Rob and Ozzy, like he was one of my heroes, like, you know, growing up and you just seeing those guys like, you know, dominating challenges being like, oh, wow, you know, that'd be really cool to do and to compete in like when I get older. And then sure enough, now I'm here and I have an appreciation for the strategy and the social side of the game and Survivor as a whole. That's really nice. But then like, I think it was just a, a really nice moment to be like, wow, it's nice to actually have one of those around my neck. And yeah, bit of a throwback for this little fanboy. It was really special, but then it was just so overshadowed in the moment of the rest of the chaos that came from it. But like, I mean, wow, what a, um, what a trouble council to be part of in terms of the history of the game. Like that was, that was wild. What happened to Operation Anaconda? Like, I feel like that was a thing and then it just wasn't a thing. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I, I love Stevie. And when you're, he was my ride or die out there. He was one person that I, I had so much of a connection with. I guess we were still on. Like, we thought it was it was still going. Like, you know, Stevie and I still voted for George. So Operation Anaconda was go, go, go. It was not for fire. And so it was, you know, in, in that sense, it was Geordie and Fraser who, who turned on us there. And that was really, really hard for, for Stevie to get his head around because he, you know, he invested so much into that alliance and, you know, he was really hurt and really blindsided by that as well. But yeah, my game crumbled, of course, there, but it was really hard to watch Stevie who was so emotionally invested in it as well. And, you know, you're watching like your, your little best friend you know, his world fall apart too. Like I had a, a lot of consoling to do and a lot of explaining to kind of tell him that what the reality was of me explaining about you know, not playing the idol for him and what that meant to him. I really felt for him. Do you regret not playing the cookie idol for Stevie? I know that like it wouldn't have worked, but it's like it would have made your relationship maybe stronger. I know. It was definitely the right decision because, you know, as my game crumbled around me, I needed one more day in the game. I knew that, you know, I had immunity that night. That was great. Now, like everything has fallen apart. It would have got me through one more, or I thought it would have got me through one more, but then you know, it ended up being fake. But then the perception of having an idol might've just got me through, right? So I don't regret that. And I actually think that I patched things up with Stevie pretty well. It may not seem through it there, but Stevie pulled everyone aside individually and, wanted an explanation on what actually happened. And I feel like we had that, we did have a connection. We were able to piece it back together. And that might've just been enough to be able to send that destiny symbol through to him to be able to communicate like back down the track. Like I, If I didn't think that I still had a connection and a relationship with Stevie, then that would not have been possible. But we were still on really good terms and it felt like it was business and it felt like it was the two of us versus George from there. So this season you find yourself playing a lot from the bottom <laughs> do you think that that's more freeing like what was that like lonely oh. <laughs> um testing of character it, it really made me like, you have to push through and it enabled me to get so far and i did it in such a unique way but it is tough it is really tough no one wants to be seen around you no one wants to be seen having conversations with you even the people that you, you know, that, that care about you, and probably most mostly it was like, you know, Sean and Haley at that kind of time post-merge had to keep their distance from me a little bit. And at that same time, I was trying to manage my threat level because like I'm like coming into merge, I'm like, I need to, you know, if I try to get back in an alliance or something, that will just put a target on my head. And I got some advice from Haley about, you know, you just have to managing your threat level is one of the best things that you can do. So I, when everyone's running around at Merge, having conversations, I held back. I went and I sat down in the shelter by myself and did not talk to anyone. As they're like all running out and being like, oh, Simon, you know, if you see us all getting together, come join us. I made a conscious decision not to join them. And it worked really well when I was just waiting to be scooped up. But then they just kind of took each other out around me. And, you know, how can you be such a big challenge threat, but actually be no threat in the game? And then to have all this jury support, like it was a really bizarre position that I ended up in, but, but yeah, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. Was that position the reason why you just ended up towards the end of the game calling everyone pawns? <laughs> yeah. And because when you're, when you're in that position, like I had nothing to lose. My game should have ended on day 15. 
you know, the power when you have nothing to lose and you've got no control or agency, it's a tough position to play from, but it gives you, it's liberating at the same time. I mean, calling the others pawns, like that's a bit of a, just a wake up moment you know, for them. It's like, yeah, I have nothing to lose. And it's like, if you guys don't wake up to it, I'm going to be on the jury and that's how I'm going to see it. So you have an opportunity right now to use me because if not, it's a, it's a lost opportunity for you. And for someone that could be a half a million dollar decision. So you just got to go for it. Definitely. Um, so talking about the jury, you, you, you're obviously on the jury. How's it going? Yeah, I, it's, really, it's really cool to make it this far and actually to be on the jury in the first place. Like, that's really cool. I know I'm going to be there at the end to, to help uh, anoint the winner and give, cast my vote for the winner of Soul Survivor. After Haley went, like, she was almost my last like, little life raft. Like, I just felt that I was in a position where, holy crap, I might just be able to win this thing. Like, if I can pull off the best pitch and pull together this underdog narrative and actually communicate everything that I have been through and the the roller coaster that I went through from Villains Beach, then so many of those people weren't on the jury there. And I still had such a big story to overcome. I felt like I actually had a chance to to win that thing. And I would have had to pull like, you know, a real Christy better to make it happen. But I actually started to believe that I could pull that off. But you know, being on the jury is a lot of fun and they they welcome me with open arms. And I thought at the start, it was just a bit of like, you know, just a bit of pillow talk. Like, oh, you know, they're just happy to see everyone. Like, oh, you know, well done. You know, we're, all, we're all big Simon fans. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. But then they're like, no, no, like we we were really cheering for you. We really wanted you to win. Like, And it just happened to be that perfect parallel where I burnt everyone's trust so much earlier in the game that maybe it was just enough to for them to get on my side and to be like he's the last one flying the flag to you know take down king george and king george was the one who had burnt all of them and george's jury management was obviously a little bit questionable whether you know he was doing it for the you know the big moves but maybe some of those little snarky little comments around at the end of tribal and calling people out maybe you know how called for are they versus how much damage does it actually do to the people around you who were the ones going to be casting the vote at the end of the day so obviously to be in the jury, you have to get eliminated. Leading up to that elimination, when you walked into tribal, like, was it like, did you feel like you were going that day? Was there any inkling? Oh yeah, that was like, the way that George pulled everyone back together just blew my mind. Like there were so many times that he got Liz offside with the Shawnee vote and pulled her back in. He got Matt offside by leaving him out of the vote. And then Jerry got, he copped a vote and they all just ran back to George. Mm. I could not believe it. That's an incredible, like, you know, you've got to like tip your hat to George for being able to do that and to manage people like that. It's incredible. So by the time that like, they just all went back to him, it's like, there's only so much I can do. Like my time is so well and truly over. And, you know, I, I got, th I got through the last one, you know, the votes went on Nina. I almost made it through to the top five and then the not a limb kicked me there. So it's like the first time that something goes right for me on this entire game that ends up being not a limb. I cannot win. Talking about that, do you reckon if Jerry and Nina weren't sent to isolation, you would have gotten further? I felt like I was the target at the last tribal council. Like I was meant to go home there. And the fact that when Nina and I had that little handshake, I literally just said, we, we just said good luck to each other. And then me whispering to Matt to be like, you know, just tell me where to vote was just enough to freak George out a little bit to think that both of us were in cahoots to vote him out. So it just spooked him enough to like scrape me through there. I should have been gone at that one. I should have been gone the, the day before like because they just, they weren't budging. And it was so frustrating. To, and George and Matt that, that afternoon in camp were just like, the decisions, decisions been made. They didn't even give me the time of day to pitch my case and to be like, you know, I don't have any control. I've got no game. I've got nothing under my belt right now. Take me through. Nina's at least got a few things. She's a bigger threat. You know, she was part of the Haley blind side. Like that was partly her. Like I've got nothing. Take me. And they just wouldn't even hear it. And, you know, I think it was just George's motivation to take me out of the game. You saw how badly he wanted me gone. And then sure enough, he got his way again. Well, look, honestly, you survived 42 days in Survivor and placed sixth overall. Like that's amazing. Yeah. I'm so proud of what I achieved. I'm so proud of the adversity that I had to overcome. I'm so proud of the resilience I was able to display. This game of Survivor, I almost look at like a, you know, a relationship with a with a with an ex. You know, someone that you love so much, but then they don't love you back. But 
at the same time, I took so much from this uh, special relationship that I have with the game of Survivor. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the experience that I've had and for everyone who's been in my corner and cheered me along. I'm just so grateful and thankful for their support. So thank you to everyone for that. Oh, you're so cute. All right. Last question is actually three parts. Would you play again? If so, is there anything you would change? And would we be playing together if I was there? <laughs> <laughs> would I play again? Yes, but I need a break. Like twice in two years has been a lot. What would I change anything? You know what I wouldn't change? I wouldn't change playing with my heart and being passionate about things. And look, I'm there to like get my hands dirty. So some things I would, but like some things I, I wouldn't. Finally, like, of course, we would be playing together. Like, there's no, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> I reckon you played an awesome game this season. I reckon it's really hard to change public perception of you, and you've done that amazingly. You should be super proud you won all of these challenges. You've won a car. Great game. Great season. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm really blown away by, the, <laughs> and by everything. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I, as I said, I am exhausted, but what a character arc and what a, a roller coaster. I knew it was big for me out there, but watching it back, I just didn't realize how big it was. But yeah, what a absolute ride. So thank you to everyone for everything they've, they've done for me and the support I've gotten because, yeah, that was wild. That's it for this week. Heroes vs. Villains continues this Sunday night at 7.30 on Channel 10. And we'll be back next week with more exclusive Heroes vs. Villains content. You'll only get here on the Australian Survivor Talking Tribal podcast. Goodbye! Thanks for listening to Australian Survivor Talking Tribal, a Network 10 podcast. 